this so early in the morning. Yeah, no problem. I mean, kids ruin everything, right? <laughs> well, they can, but, you know, they're okay, I guess. They can, and at will, and they use that power. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> cool. Well, Susan, um, I have just so many questions for you. Um, the The questions have been pouring in from our listening public. Oh, yes, all two of them? <laughs> yeah, myself being both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first of all, and this is probably the most important. Now, here's here's an awkward thing. Tell me, tell me what you think of this. My sweet wife, she was helping me come up with uh, interview questions for these for these interviews. The idea being that it will be fun to kind of learn how each other kind of came to piping and drumming. Mm-hmm. But maybe like the main focus is other stuff, like just get to know each other, you know, in other ways. So just general kind of. What are you into? But also, like, what are your opinions on things? You know, definitely going to get political and religious. That's a good idea, right? <laughs> yes, that's going to be a great idea. Yeah. No, but but other than that, so so just a silly little question that she threw in. She was like, oh, and ask them how they feel about pineapple on pizza. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And so far, there have been some funny responses and stuff, so it was a really good idea. But then Swan calls me because he, he was helping me out with this whole process. And he's like, dude... You've been listening to Big Rab lately? I was like, nah, it's been a few months since I listened to Big Rab, honestly. He's on he's on my feed, you know, but I don't listen to the big I haven't listened to the Big Rab show in a couple months. And I know that he asked people about cheese, but apparently he started asking people about pineapple on pizza. So now I'm just <sighs> a big I'm just a big copycat now. So You're I, a copycat. Yeah, so I don't even know what to ask anymore. Like, how do you feel about pepperoni on pizza? Like what's <laughs> Well, I will tell you, I feel good about pepperoni on pizza. All right. And I think pineapple belongs in the garbage in general. So. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) All right. I don't really like it. Now, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not going to try to convert you to pineapple here or anything. I'm just curious. Um, Have you attempted like, you know, oh, I don't know, like dried pineapple coated in, you know, like crystallized pineapple or like grilled pineapple at a place like, uh, oh, what's that Brazilian barbecue place? Tacanos. Yeah, Tacanos. Like, have you tried it in all its iterations, or is it more like you had an experience with it and you're like, nope, I don't need this in my life at all? <laughs> I don't really like the texture. Mm. Um, I have used pineapple juice um, in recipes and stuff, but I mean, it's mixed in with other stuff, so mm. it's not an overall flavor, but. Well, and you also don't have to deal with that fibrousness of the texture when you're dealing mm-hmm. with the juice, huh? Yeah. Now that's that brings me to a, a, one of the most important points is your your incredible abilities in the kitchen. This uh, this baking thing that you do. Yes. Well, where did that start? What's up with your amazing ability to bake things that are so delicious that I don't even want to eat anything else for the rest of my life? <laughs> um, when I was younger, my we would always just make cookies on Sundays because we my mom would pack them in my dad's lunch throughout the week for when he went to work. And when I was old enough to help, it kind of became, I wouldn't say solely my job because my mom did it too, but I just started baking cookies a lot. I mean, I still have that cookie recipe memorized and uh, it just became something that I enjoyed doing. It became relaxing and I, I mean, I could be having the most stressful, I mean, this week, this week has been super stressful with school. And last night I baked cookies. And even though that added to my schedule, 
it was really relaxing for me. And a lot of people ask, they're like, oh my gosh, do you make up your own recipes? Like, how do you, how do you always have these recipes that are so good? I don't know. I just find mm-hmm. recipes that look good. <laughs> <laughs> so it, with that cookie recipe though you've got it memorized from childhood Mm -hmm. have you have you um sort of freeformed on it at all you know like do you i mean are you to the point with that recipe that you can be like well this week i feel like a bit more of a cakey cookie so i'm just gonna do a little more of this or this week i want something that's a little more chewy so i'm gonna you know adjust it this way not really it's i mean it's a childhood recipe i grew up with it i like it how it is i have started following like food bloggers and things like that and one of them suggested that you put the cookie dough in the fridge for so long before you bake them. And so I tried that. I mean, just little things like that. But as far as ingredients go, I just leave it how it is. I do have like four different chocolate chip cookie recipes. So I've got a recipe that I like with milk chocolate chips. I've got a recipe that I like with semi-sweet chocolate chips. It's just... Mm. Now, of course, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very cultured, so I should probably make it clear for our international lister, listeners uh, that when we say cookie, uh, if they're in the, in the Great Britain, they'd say biscuit. Yes. I, I've been watching the Great British Baking Show religiously, and so I know this. I love this. that show. Oh, my goodness. I love it, too. I just, now that it's coming out weekly on Netflix, I've, I've centered my life around Fridays. My wife and I have found that there is just like no greater comfort in this world than sitting down to watch an episode of Great British Baking Show with baked goods in hand to enjoy yes. while you are watching. Makes sense. Oh, I just love that experience. Otherwise, you just sit there and watch it and wish that you had something. To I know. Do, that's so. Yeah, I've had that experience. And it's a, it's, it's, it's a uniquely sad experience because it's like you're watching something <laughs> so beautiful, but you feel so empty inside. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's awful. Susan, let's start a new podcast and just talk about the Great British Baking Show. Yes, let's do it. This is episode one. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so so when it comes to baking, what about cooking? Because these are two different things. Do you feel like you like cooking or are you a baker more specifically? I like cooking. I feel more comfortable with baking. Mm. Um, maybe it's just my sweet tooth. Mm. I don't know. But I mean, I'm trying new recipes all the time, all the time. Well, I'm I'm no I'm no baker to to the degree of of yourself, but I do and I do enjoy it when I you know within my element. And I do I found that I really like baking, but I can't get my head around cooking. It's like there's a different I don't know there's something different about it. But maybe it's, it's just my mindset <laughs> or my just my general ignorance, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> that could be it too. <laughs> Uh, so aside from baking, what other stuff takes up your time? What, uh, what other things do you give your energy to? Um, work. I teach fourth grade and, that's... and you hate it, right? It's the oh worst. no, I love it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love, <laughs> of course it. You love it. It's fun. The kids, that age group is a lot of fun to be with. I dabbled in third grade and they were fun too. I really did enjoy them. But when my principal asked me to move back to fourth grade, I took it back and without even thinking. And mm. I love, I love that age group and we do a lot of fun things. They're young enough to still enjoy being in school and young enough to still do fun young kid activities, but they're also old enough to get my sense of humor. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I can crack a joke and they don't go home crying. Mrs. Darren, I said this <laughs> and I'm going to cry now. Um, so teaching takes up a lot of my time and my family, um, taking care of, of our family and all of our pets. Oh yeah. You have so many pets. Talk to me about the, what's the menagerie like these days? 
Um, these days we still have our two Scotties. We are up to three cats. Two of them are Sphinxes. That's and the hairless ones, right? Yeah, the hairless cats. I know you love them, Susan, but they terrify me. They're kind of creepy looking. And I like the cats, female, but yeah, the, the, the hairless female ones is cute. Like she's got a cute face. I will admit the male is uh, really ugly, and I tell him daily that he's ugly. <laughs> he's got that face that not even a, not even a mother could love that face. Nope. <laughs> um. Anyway, but really, with everything we've got going on, we really don't have a ton compared to what we've had in the past. You got some tiny dinosaurs, right? (laughs) I do have an Australian monitor that looks like a dinosaur, Mm -hmm. Um, but he lives in my classroom and I have a ball python who also lives in my classroom. And then we've got a lizard and a handful of tortoises that bounce between my house and Diana's house. Yes, I've met some of the tortoises. Yeah, so those are fun. But that's really kind of the extent of what we've got right now. We don't, we've got a couple guinea pigs, but we're trying to get rid of them because my daughter doesn't want them anymore. Do you want some guinea pigs? Nope. Are you sure? They're <laughs> well, super cute. I've, I know some Peruvian guys who've told me before that they're delicious. Yeah, but see, they've been a pet for, um, for like a month or two now, and I just, the thought of them being eaten makes me sad. Yeah, well, maybe I just don't tell you about it. <laughs> Well, I was a kid. When I was a kid, my dad still has several ball pythons, but we ball pythons were like a thing for us. Um, I had one named Lucille, <laughs> and then I had, and unfortunately, Lucille died. Uh, was oh. injured by a mouse when she was trying to eat it, and mm-hmm. then, um, and then I had one that was named Monty. <laughs> and uh, and since I then ran out of clever names for ball pythons, I've not had one since. What's your python named? Our python's name is Luna, mm. like from Harry Potter. Of course, I assumed. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Maybe that's worth noting as well. There might not be a bigger Harry Potter fan in existence than than yourself. Oh, I don't know about that. I, there's there's a lot of, of big fans, but it is the theme of my classroom, and so I kind of get to indulge in my, my, childish, my childish excitement for Harry Potter. And, like I named my monitor Albus. Mm. And we've got all kinds of fun stuff in my classroom for Harry Potter. Mm. You know, I, I a few years ago, I started listening to a podcast called uh, Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. Have you heard of that one? I haven't. It's where these two divinity school um, graduates read Harry Potter as though it were scripture. Oh, gosh. It, it's actually, like, really great. It's really, they've got a lot of beautiful insights and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Interesting. I'll yeah. have to try it. So, of your pets... If you like looking at the pets that you have now and have had, so you kind of get to know these animals' personalities and, and mannerisms and stuff like that. So considering their mannerisms, the their diet, the the way that they live, if you had to pick an animal to be, which would you be? <laughs> um, a cat, because they get to sleep a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that sounds no, really I... good at 6 a.m., doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It really sounds like a great idea. So when it comes to bagpipes, what brought you into this insane niche world? Um, I don't know. That was a long time ago. I remember seeing the Payson High School pipe band in parades when I was growing up and thinking it was kind of cool. And I've been into music since I was little. My mom... Um, my mom sings and she plays the piano. And so I kind of grew up in music with music being an important part in our, 
in our daily lives. And uh, um, when we moved up to Utah, we lived in Santa Quin and we would go to the Santa Quin parade every year. We never, I mean, we never went up to Payson to the Payson parade, but we would go to the Santa Quin parade every year and the high school pipe band always marched in the parade. And I thought, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's awesome. And it popped up as an option when I was registering for eighth grade, um, a bagpipe class that, that Don taught, Don Smith taught. And I thought, well, why not? I'll give it a go. And I've been doing it ever since. Initially, what did your family think of your decision to, um, to do this, to do bagpipes? You know, when you came home with that class schedule and you were like, I'm doing bagpipes, what was the reaction? My mom thought it was a pretty cool idea. I mean, she was sitting right there helping me figure out my schedule. Um, I'm pretty sure they all thought that the chanter was pretty obnoxious. <laughs> um, but I mean, it must have had some effect because all three of my brothers dabbled in the pipe band world to an extent. I mean, mm-hmm. Alex is obviously still playing. Um, Andrew drummed for a few years and Brian even tried drumming for a couple summers, I think. Yeah, I played with Brian. No. I agree with you that the practice chanter is obnoxious. <laughs> Maybe this is going to offend somebody, right? But here's the here's the here's the hot take from me and this is a hot take over the course of the last, you know, almost two decades. Uh people talk about chanters as if like this one has such a warm tone, this one sounds so sweet, you know, when you're like on forums and stuff like which chanter should I get, which read is good and stuff like that. It's all crap is what I say. <laughs> yes. It, it all sounds terrible. <laughs> Yes, it does. But, you know, I guess I guess if you're trying to decide like which which I guess what I feel like is like the the decider maybe ought to be um, this one is less terrible than some. And that should be like rather than saying this one sounds so sweet. Right. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Much more realistic. Yeah. So nowadays uh, you've got your husband and your, your, your sweet children. Um, how do they feel about your bagpipe playing? Do your kids get excited when the pipes come out or is it terrifying? Um, Joe really likes it. He, I mean, he's been supportive since day one mm-hmm. of my piping and he thinks it's really cool. When I was pregnant with I played, I had her in September and I played all the way up until the competition, the Payson uh, competition in July. And so Man, that's she right. really had that's into your third trimester. You're still playing bagpipes. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, I didn't do any parades or anything like that, but I was, I was, the doctor told me that I was allowed to, to keep competing. And so I competed up until July. Um, and then I was done for the season. That means and for her, like the sound of bagpipes is just like, gotta be the most comforting thing in the world. Right. It takes her right back to the womb. You know, she really did quite well with it when she was little. Hmm. And then, all of a sudden decided that she just didn't really care for it for a while. Mm -hmm. And now I don't think she really cares either way. Like when I play, she doesn't run away in fear, but she doesn't come over. Oh, I didn't hear you play or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, We've got her an Irish dance right now. And so she's still, I mean, she's still in that, I guess, community or that, I don't even know what the word is, but she, like she listens Mm -hmm. to, Scottish and Irish music all the time because of her dance. Is that, uh, do you guys do the Kelly school of Irish dance? Shelly. Yeah. Yeah. Shelly. That's what I meant. Shelly. Yeah. And then I, I didn't play my pipes when I was pregnant with him. He was considered a high risk pregnancy because of, um, the loss of our, our previous baby. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I did 
hardly anything. I basically sat on the couch and watched a lot of TV when I was pregnant with him. Mm -hmm. And so he really hasn't experienced it all that much. And it's, he doesn't like loud noises in general. So I usually don't play around him. Yeah. Have you got some shuttle pipes or something? I do have shuttle pipes. Yeah. Ease him into it. Yeah. That's why I'll have to try that (laughs) and see what he thinks. So at present, with with your the current makeup of your family, your childhood family, your friends, your neighbors, etc., who do you think is your biggest fan? Joe. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. If you're gonna have a biggest fan, it might as well be your your life partner. Yeah, yeah. He he enjoys listening. He encourages me to play. He's he likes to listen to it. So I'd say he's he's the most supportive. Hmm. Are there any interesting or unique places that you've played or people for whom you've played or occasions for which you've played that stand out in memory? Oh, man. Um, Unique places? Not really. Um, Unique people? I have, I've played at the graduation for the College of Eastern Utah, which is now the U.S., is it USU? Utah State? Yeah. Utah State, um, Price Branch or whatever. I don't even remember what it's called. So I've played for a lot of professors and students before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I have a really that's bad a, memory. Is, that's a solo graduation gig, right? Uh-huh, yeah. I, I've only done one solo graduation gig, and I felt like the pressure was high, you know? This one's, this one's actually not too bad. It's a lot of fun. They, I go out there on a Friday night and stay out there in a hotel and go out to dinner and just kind of hang out, and then for the actual graduation itself, the professors line the sidewalk and I lead the procession of students through the professors. No, no, no. It's the other way around. I lead the professors through the line of students mm. while the students are all clapping. So I can pretend like they're clapping for me when they're really <laughs> clapping for the professors. That keeps you going, huh? <laughs> exactly. And then when you get to the entrance of the, the auditorium where they have their graduation, the professors stop and they line the sidewalk and the students go through the line of professors who are clapping for them. Oh, that's pleasant. And so, I mean, it's, I pro- and it's such a small school. I probably only play for maybe 20 minutes. Mm. But it, it's fun to see how excited they are and how supportive they are of each other. Like, I, and maybe it's because of me being in education. I don't know. But I just think it's cool to see the respect that the, not kids, because there's a lot of older people too, but the respect that the students have for their professors, but then to turn around and watch the respect that the professors have for their students for doing such hard work to get to where they are. That is beautiful. It's pretty cool. Well, that does sound pretty cool. Um, I have often thought that though air inflates bagpipes, applause might inflate them even better. It sure makes me feel better about myself. It inflates our <laughs> ego and our bagpipes. Yes. Is there anything about your your bagpiping experience um, that you wish you could share with non bag non oh excuse me oh, non bagpiping friends and family? You know, like something that's like this is so cool. I wish you could feel it. Oh gosh, I don't know. The well, no pressure, of, you know. But... The feeling of I thought you were going to say something like you wish they knew that you can't turn the volume down or oh, something sure, yeah. like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a pretty good feeling to be able to play with a group of people and feel like you've really done your very best. Mm-hmm. And I think 
any musician or anybody who does like a performance of any type, whether it be drama or something like that with a group, it's, so it's not really unique to bagpipes, but it's unique to playing with a group. I don't, I personally don't like to solo. I soloed once and I've, I can say that I've done it and I will probably never do it again because I hate it. I'm much happier playing with a group and it's just very satisfying to go in and, you know, we may not be a grade one band or anything, but to go in and feel like you've practiced really hard, you've put in your very best and, um, and you just, even if you don't place just to feel like you've done really, really well, it's just a really good feeling. Yeah, I agree. You wrote a really beautiful harmony for, um, oh, I almost said Mole of Kintyre. That's not right. Um, no. Uh, oh. Uh, I, I feel I can that. almost, it's the, the sad person in the tower. Uh, Johnny, they've taken you away. Not Johnny. They've taken you away. <laughs> I da, don't know. Is it Hector da, the da, hero? Da, 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 da. Here. Oh. Oh, shoot. No, I don't remember what it's called either, but I know what song you're talking about. Ah, what is it? It's, it's. Oh, my gosh. It's and anybody that's listening to this is probably screaming at us to say what it is. Oh What's man! What's it called? Well, I don't remember. Uh, you wrote a beautiful harmony. I was just yes, going to ask you: Do you write a lot of <laughs> harmonies? Is that something you love to do? I don't actually. When I wrote that, I was going to school to be a music major, and so Fields of Athen Rye. Yes, yes, <sighs> that's it. Whew, that was that was scary all right go on sorry anyway (laughs) um I was going to school at the time I was planning on majoring in music and I thought oh I can I bet I could write harmonies for bagpipe stuff and so I just kind of dabbled in it for a little bit um and that one turned out really well and I really haven't done much since I think I think that summer I I wrote like three or four different harmonies or maybe over the course of a couple of years, I wrote a couple of harmonies, but I just haven't done any, done any since. Mm. Do you do you recall was your process usually just to kind of like hit a recording and play around with it on the on the chanter, or were you more of a uh, sit down and write it out kind of situation? You know, with like some music theory in mind, that kind of stuff. That is that's actually what I did. I sat down and I I remembered the rules and the things that I had learned in my music theory class, and I went through and I just kind of wrote it in on top of the actual sheet music for Fields of Athen Rye mm-hmm. and then um, played through it. And I had to have somebody else come over and play through it with me so I could hear how it sounded with somebody else. And mm-hmm. I got to tell you again with the practice chanter, <laughs> right. it just sounded like poo. You but... can't really know, huh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, but I mean, it, it nailed it down enough that we could, decide what sounded good and what didn't. And then the next time we had practice, we sat down and well, not sat down, but we, we got our pipes out and we played through it and tweaked a little bit more and Mm -hmm. just got it to where it sounded pretty sweet. Yeah. I've, I've had the experience before. I I once put together a, a trio arrangement of, um, a Christmas song Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I got two buddies to come and play it with me. I was like, Hey, check this out. Like I knew it worked because I'd, I'd used it on some bagpipe writing software, you know? And I was like, Oh, this, Uh this is really tight. This is great. They came over to play it with me. I gave them the music. They played through it. 
And as soon as they started playing, I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. Yeah. Because <laughs> our bet is three completely different, you know, sets of her tuning. And not only that, like on any individual chanter, the notes were out of tune from each other, you know, uh-huh. like. And so then it gets over and they're like, that didn't sound good at all. And just walked away, <laughs> you know, like we're never doing that, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Yeah. And at the, I mean, at the time, I didn't have any bagpipe writing software. And so it was just pencil paper. And but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have like. I don't have the ability to just think of something and play it. I have to, I have to play around with it. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of times when you're writing music, it sounds good in your head or what you're imagining, but you've got to play around with it once, Mm, for sure. once you're done writing it, because that's where you're going to hear how it's actually going to sound, not just what you think it's going to sound like. Yeah. What, uh, other, are there other instruments that you've, delved into either you know as part of your your education or you know when you're a kid or even lately um i play the piano i've played the piano since i was about 10 you also teach piano right yes i teach Mm -hmm. piano as well i've got piano lessons today actually that's why that's why we're here early um uh, piano bagpipes i sing i mean that's an instrument i guess it is absolutely it is and then uh, I tried to learn how to play the guitar, mm-hmm. and that lasted about a summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then for my education classes, we had to take um, a music class for for elementary education, and we had to learn how to play the recorder, and that screwed up my brain a bunch because they were like, this is how you play a C. And I'm like, no, yeah, no that's it's not. not what a C <laughs> looks like. So that was almost painful, but... That's really about it. Mostly just bagpipes and piano. One of Zach's big ideas was that we needed to replace recorders in all elementary schools with practice chanters. I would feel good about that. You're I in really favor, would. huh? Yes. When uh, the kids get into fourth grade, they go to their music class, and that's where they learn to play the recorders. And I got to tell you, those recorders, they get back to class, and I tell them, if you play that recorder in my class... <laughs> I will take it away and you don't get it back because, oh, I hate the sound of recorders. So it's not like we'd be lowering any sort of experiential thing for children by replacing them with practice chanters. Exactly. It'd be just like sort of a low buzz instead of a high whistle. Yes. That's Still exactly chaos. Right. Still chaos, of course, but well, yeah, yeah. a different kind of chaos. <laughs> um, do you feel like you have a, uh, you know, we all get requested like Amazing Grace Scott and the Brave, you know, sort of those standards. But do you have a favorite sort of go-to performance piece, you know, when you're going to whip out your pipes and, uh, you know, your your aunt is sitting there and she's like, play me something, what, what would you go to? Um, this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but I go with common marches. Nothing wrong with that. It's great. I, well, remember earlier I said I don't like to solo, and I do play that graduation solo, mm-hmm. but I, I get very nervous. Like, even with playing the piano I don't I don't solo piano I accompany I accompany people or I solo in my own house that's it like I don't I don't love playing in front of people it makes me very very nervous if I have to play by myself and so those common marches are the things that I know the best and I don't have to think as hard and I can just kind of go into the zone even songs that I've played for years as part of the band's competition set or anything like that soon as I'm trying to solo it in front of somebody, I'll blank, I'll skip lines, I'll play wrong notes. It's 
kind of pathetic. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with that. And you know, I don't think anybody needs to be embarrassed about playing Colin Marches. I I had I've had the experience. I, I watch a lot of um, I've watched a lot of Pink Floyd concerts. Mm-hmm. I've I've never been able to go. I've gone to like Australian Floyd concerts. You know, the cover band. Uh-huh. Um, and I was really lucky. If a couple of years ago, my dad and I went to my sister. We all went to uh, the Hollywood Bowl to see David Gilmour when oh, he cool. released "Rattle That Lock." Oh my goodness! Very cool. It was that was a religious experience if I ever had one. <laughs> But it occurs to me that um, as of a few decades ago, any member of Pink Floyd playing any show or cover band, you know, they they have to do Comfortably Numb. Yes. Right. No matter what else they do, which I, as a fan, I want that. You know, if I go mm-hmm. I, if I go to even like a like a laser show and they don't do Comfortably Numb, I walk away feeling like I've been gypped. Yeah. And at the Hollywood Bowl, like I was sitting there, you know, I'm looking at David Gilmore and thinking this man must be so sick of playing comfortably numb and yet he does it you know and it's like all of a sudden i felt like he only does it because he loves us you know he's doing yeah. this for us yeah and i think i guess i never thought of it that way well i feel like that's kind of how common marches are you know there's a reason that they're ubiquitous it's what people want to hear and so if they want scott and the brave and amazing grace again i'll it, play it for him yeah that's right it's not for you the piper it's for the listener that's yes, my soapbox I'll, I'll get sense. off of it now no, I, I never thought of it that way. That makes a lot of sense, and I feel a lot better about myself. Yeah, don't Thank feel embarrassed about it. Absolutely. Uh, do you know any terrible, I mean, still, you know, child-appropriate uh, bagpiping jokes that you uh, <laughs> would like to share? In fact, I'm not going to give you the out. You have to share one. So pick one. I have to share one? You have to share oh, one. Jeez. And if it's if James, it's one that's been know. if it's one that's been shared on the show before, it's even better because this is like this is like <laughs> the audio form of those Facebook memes that all bagpipers get tagged in over and over and over again. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know. Ah, now I've driven them all out of your mind. You have. Well, I that's... actually, I the other morning I listened to Heidi's and Diana's, and both times I was like, I this when it's my turn, I've got a good joke. No, I don't got it anymore. <laughs> well, hey, I'm going to ask gone. you some more questions. So if you think of it later, that's fine. Okay. Um, how do you feel about drummers? You're a piper. How do you feel about drummers? I love drummers. Oh, I thought you were going to say we don't even need them. No, we definitely. <laughs> I'm just need joking. Them. Of course um, we do. <laughs> no, I, I really, I really do like our drummers. I like drummers in general. Um, I lived with Heidi for a while, and she would tap a lot, and that part got annoying. <laughs> and but I mean, it's she had to listen to me play on occasion so yeah, she, she, had, understandable. she had to deal with your practice channel right exactly so i mean the tap 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 is kind of obnoxious when you're trying to have a conversation but no i i totally respect what they can do i remember one of the competitions that we went to um for closing mass bands i convinced somebody i don't even remember who it was now to play or rather hold my bagpipes and i was going to play their bass drum mm. and Oh my gosh. Now to go. I don't know how bass drummers can do it because I couldn't see where I was going. I felt like I did a pretty good job to keep the beat, but I'm sure there were no dynamics or anything at all whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and it was fun to, you know, hit the drum. I can see why it's a fun, a fun thing to do, but yeah, definitely have a lot of respect. There's no possible way I could flourish. I'd bean myself in the head, I'm sure. <laughs> and I did, I did try my hand at percussion for a little while in high school. Yeah, what were you playing? And I, so all of my friends were in band in high school. 
And so I joined band just so I could go on band tour with them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, well, I've got a background in piano, so I know how to count. So I'll, I'll give, I'll give percussion a try. I did great at all the keyboard instruments. Those, Mm -hmm. those were my favorite. They handed me a pair of sticks and they said, here you go. We want you to play the snare part on this song. And I was like, I don't feel good. I think probably I better go home now. You guys can do that one. So I don't know that I ever would label label myself as a true percussionist, but Mm -hmm. what they do is hard. It's, it's hard stuff. Yeah. I I started trying to learn snare somewhat recently and it's, uh, I was like, ah, yeah, I'll get this down over the summer. Nope. Nope. It's hard. It is. And and now it's just added to the list of things I do to annoy my wife because before, you know, like when I'd hold her hand, I would play bagpipe songs on it, you know, <laughs> you kind of do that mindlessly on steering wheels and stuff like uh-huh. that. And, you know, she'd got used to that, you know, after 10 years, she's either used to it or going to leave me, you know, <laughs> but now I, now I, every time I have like a, a pencil or something, I'm tapping on stuff and she's like, is this a new thing? Are you going to do this forever? <laughs> <laughs> I remember I had a student one of the years that I was living with Heidi, um, who would tap his pencil all the time. And I was like, okay, you have got to stop because I already hear it at home. Make it stop, make it stop. And that kid grew up to be a, you know, a a world famous drummer. Probably so. So um, if money were no object, what bagpiping related thing or experience would you have? Does it have to be me playing bagpipes? No, it could be instruments, uh, uniforms, you traveling, just something for you that kind of is even loosely tied to this world of bagpiping. I would, if money was no object, I would love to go to Scotland to experience the World Pipe Band Championships in person. Mm -hmm. I think that would be awesome. I love watching it and I think it's really, and I've, had the opportunity to travel to Scotland, but it was, we were with a tour group. So it wasn't a lot of do your own thing. And, uh, we were there like three days Mm. after the, after worlds. And like we drove past and they were still taking down tents and things. And I was like, Oh my gosh, if I spent this much money to get here, I wish I could have been here Mm. just a few days earlier to see that. I think it would just be very cool. Yeah. What's your what's your current instrument setup? What kind of pipes? Uh, do you remember what kind of drone reeds you have in there? Because personally, I don't remember what kind of drone reeds I have. So no pressure. But, you know, in general, what's your setup? I honestly don't even remember. Um, oh, my gosh. You got those bagpipes? You got the three drones, right? Yeah, I've got, I've got three drones. Okay. Well, that's, that's so okay. I've got that. I've got a chanter. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a blowpipe. Mm-hmm. There's the bag and there in the middle. I'm pretty got... sure I've got a bag on there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you play a, a hide bag, a synthetic, like a zipper? Synthetic. Yeah. Yeah. And did, did you start on leather and then go to synthetic and say, I'm never going back? Um, You know, I just, when I started, it was just whatever was the thing at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started on a set of packy pipes. Oh, yeah. I heard about all, those. Who was it? Because Sorry. that's all we could afford. Yeah. And man, you're you're one of the survivors. You made it through. <laughs> and my mom and dad's thought on it was, let's buy these, see if you want to stick with it, and if you do, then, you know, we can upgrade. So, I don't think I got a a, a non-packy set of pipes until I was in high school. I think it might have even been a graduation graduation present maybe. I think. Man, you went through a gauntlet then. I mean, 
it's it's a fairly common thing that parents will get a set of of cheap pipes like that for their kid it, it, precisely with that in mind you know let's see how you do mm-hmm. with these and then we'll get you nice ones not realizing i think that that's really setting up a hurdle to be overcome you know it's like if the kid can survive this you know and still get any joy out of trying to play music on this on this unwieldy item you know then they'll have earned a decent instrument and Don a lot helped of me think, a lot with oh, those kind of helped you fix them up yeah made them playable yeah i see yeah well everybody everybody needs a don smith in their life to help with stuff like that it's true so you already talked to me about pineapple <laughs> Got, um, do you have a favorite Piper or bagpipe band to, to listen to, you know, just recreationally for fun? Um, it really just depends. A lot of times I will listen to the worlds and I'll hear like a particular set or something that I like, and then I'll find myself listening to that particular band a lot. And then the next year I'll hear somebody different and I'll follow that band for a while. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I really like Field Marshal Montgomery. Um, oh, who was the one that I listened to a few years ago? I can't even think of their names. It might have a really, really cool set. It might come to mind, um, here in a second while you're, while you're letting your brain work on it. Do you feel like when you're listening to worlds and you find sets you really like, are they usually the winning set or do you often find that you really enjoyed some of the other sets that don't, don't get a trophy? It's, it's usually both. Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard some songs. I mean, I remember a few years ago watching it from my house and texting Zach a couple times and saying, Hey, what was that song that this band just played? I really like that song. I like to pick a pick apart their set and listen to the different songs and sometimes try and learn some of those songs. Cause I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the, like the whole, I working on the harmony for Fields of Athenry, but I really like slow airs. I like listening to the harmonies that they put mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. And even when they put harmonies with the faster songs, I don't know. There's just something about those harmonies. But, yeah. I find them exciting as well. And I'd bet yeah. Zach knew what, what song it was in, in every case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a decent, a decent, uh, what, what would you call it? Uh, a database of, of oh, tunes yeah. and tune names. I think every time I texted him to ask what the song was, he knew exactly what it was. I want to say the other band that I was into for a while was Inverarian District. That that makes sense. They're 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 a big deal. They had some so, good stuff. I like I like listening to those those grade one bands and listening to what what they can do. Yeah, it's fun for me that my wife, um, you know, she's told me before that like when we first my my wife and I have known each other since we were like thirteen or fourteen years old. And mm-hmm. so really that's, and that's when I started playing, that's when I started learning. So she's never known me to not play bagpipes, but she's told me before that, you know, usually bagpipes were just bagpipes, you know, uh-huh. but in more recent years, she's just heard enough that, um, when I'm watching the worlds, she can tell when it's like, Oh, Hey, that was really yeah. good. Wasn't it? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. That was really good. <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe will listen to things or he'll, he'll hear things on Facebook or whatever and he'll, tag me in them or he'll wait till I get home. Hey, did you, I've heard this really cool thing. Listen to this. And mm-hmm. he's, he's getting pretty good at it too. Yeah. Well, at first was it kind of like, yeah, cool, Joe. That's Yay, nice. Star Wars. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> he does still like to hear Star Wars on the bagpipes. He thinks that's pretty awesome. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with some of those novelty songs. <laughs> I want to go to one of those, uh, at, at a uh, Comic-Con or rather Fan X. 
uh, uh-huh. let's, let's not get sued at, at FanX <laughs> in Salt Lake. They do, uh, they do like those different meetups, you know, throughout. Yeah. And there's like a stormtrooper meetup. One of these days, I'm going to show Just up to that. In. Yep, and I'm going to I'm going to see if I can get the whole platoon to follow me. <laughs> that would be awesome. Okay. I'd be standing there right right there watching. Okay, well, I might need your help as a as a camera person to 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 capture the moment. So I'll let you know Done. when I'm planning to do it. I'll be your camera person. So to put a button in this interview, Susan, um, do you have a pre-performance ritual? Um, I have to go to the bathroom. That's like, really sm- that's that's really smart and also that's not TMI, unique. TMI, I'm sure. No, I've heard that before in other <laughs> interviews. That's absolutely common. So that's a really good one. Um, I have to make sure that I have at least eaten something mm-hmm. before, even if it's at a weird time that's not like a meal time, because I think I think it must be a nerves type thing. But I mean, I'm not a big huge fruit and vegetable fan. But I remember before going into competition one year. And I was super shaky and I had to go get a, an apple and eat an apple before I competed because I was just super shaky. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, typical human things. Just use the restroom, eat something. Breathe some air. Yeah, breathing's always a good thing. I always have to double check to make sure I didn't forget anything on my uniform because mm-hmm. I kind of forget stuff. But that's that's really about it. Well, cool. I'm Thank- not very very exciting <laughs> have, have you have you ever had any uh like terrible performance experiences that you went like oh i'm never gonna let this happen again um there i want to say i had a new read or something like that but i couldn't play so i just fingered the whole time mm-hmm. and it was incredibly frustrating to not be able to play when i had had like i had i i must have broken it or something because i had a really sweet read and I was able to play for a long time. And like I said, it must have broken or something. Yeah, and you were in the just zone. Just threw a new read in my chanter and went out there. And I was like, oh my gosh, this sucks. Yeah. I do know what I'm doing. This is so <laughs> embarrassing. I'm in that situation right now. I just started a new read yesterday. And it's always like, man. Yuck. I remember. there. There is a sweet spot. I'll get there again. Yes. Yes. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Susan. Yeah, no problem. Do you have any uh, sage words of advice that you want to share with the, the, you know, both listeners? Well, I mean, I'm listening. <laughs> that's true. You are. Um, never give up. Never surrender. There Beautiful. you go. Beautiful.